0: Yes, sir, kids. Yes, sir. Good morning, Boston. Hope you're well, whether you're stuck in traffic on Route 93 on the expressway or Route 2 or Route 3 or Route 128 or Route whatever, or if you're on your way down to a barbecue down the Cape, hoping desperately that the weather might improve, you're listening to the Boston Podcast, Boston's only daily Monday through Friday independent podcast that I know of. There might be others, it's, it's still in the, within the realm of possibility, but no one's told me about it. So until somebody does, and until I learn to turn off my mail notifications during the podcast, I march on. That's what I do. And I have a, a guest here who's, who's a legend of, of media and of professional circles and fun circles and all around swell guy, ladies and gentlemen, Scott Ziegler is on the program. Can you say hello, uh, Scott? With Thank the you, podcast. David.
1: <laughs> it's great to be here. You know, Dave and I used to that's, work together.
0: That's that's not bad. You got your talk show banter How about uh, already. I'm trying good. to warm up. You know, uh, build some rapport with the crowd. That's that's what, and it seems to be working. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I don't know if it's a lost art or a difficult art, but when I grew up, Johnny Carson was the standard for talk show host. And I never thought what he was doing was anything that particularly difficult. You know, he brings on to me, he asks a few questions. Then Jay Leno started, and in the early going, Jay was was kind of stiff, and you could tell he sucked at it. And it occurred to me that it, it's not that easy to interview people, which is why I do it. That's right. I, I, I like challenges. The great talk
1: show hosts, in my opinion, have come from uh, radio and other media. Jay Leno was just a stand-up comedian, uh, but yeah. guys like Dave Letterman and Carson... They grew up in radio, and they were used to broadcasting and holding an audience and uh, being entertaining and all that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, and people talk about how Stern is such a great interviewer now. Letterman, certainly when he departed, was at, the I think, still sort of the top of his game, just really great at listening and everything. And you get Jimmy Fallon, who I think puts on a great show. I love the twists and turns he's, he's taken with The Tonight Show. Still not the most skilled interviewer, in my opinion. Has, has a terribly... Painful fake laugh. Just just when, you know, it's like uh, so you got this movie coming out. <gasps> it's great. Ah, it's so funny. You know, whether it's, you know, Seth Rogan or Bobcat Goldthwaite, he's gushing all over the person. That's right. Yeah. Do you yeah, do you have a favorite late night show that you watch? I like Colbert right now. Oh. He's my favorite. So did you
1: like the old Colbert? I did. I like the yeah. old Colbert. I like the Colbert from um,
0: Strangers with Candy. Oh, you go way back yeah, with him. Sure, yeah. yeah. He was recently on my television screen as I was watching a documentary about the failed Dana Carvey show. Have you seen that yeah, documentary? I did. That it, was great. A lot of talent right? on that show. Amazing. And he and he and uh, Carell did many bits together, including one which I think, is he said, is one of his favorites. So they just do a bit about waiters who are nauseated by the descriptions of food. Mm-hmm. And so every time they try to describe, you know, we have a salmon fillet and and they, they sort of retch. And that's the whole bit, but it, it's kind of lovable. So Scott Ziegler is the advertising director at Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly, where he has been since 1937. Dave, do you remember when we used to work together? Oh, that's right. You mentioned that earlier in the show. Scott and I worked together for many years. Well, I mean, I suppose technically for my entire 15 year run. Not mine. No, you left. You I departed. Left early. That's right. I ditched. And I, I, struggled and flailed without you and had to depart myself. But for a solid ten years in there, you and I was a Scott and Dave show, advertising and editorial, you know, and many, many um, brilliant, brilliant memories and good things that we did. I think I don't remember much. Do you? It's a blur. It all is a big, it's a big, it's a big blur. Especially after they lifted the drinking ban in, in the office, <laughs> then it really got blurry. We had a strange, uh, the the on, time does not permit us to get into all the, the the strange stories of Lawyers Weekly past. But Lawyers Weekly, founded in 1972 by a gentleman named J. Edward Pollock, happened to be super conservative guy, and as such, felt that when the company Lawyers Weekly put on a cocktail party to welcome. <laughs> It sounds so silly to say right now. It was a cocktail party where the staff were not allowed to drink. It was a little uncomfortable. Yeah, that's right. For the record, I drank at every one of them. (laughs) I can say it now. Um, I'm glad. I I did not at, at first, but after a while, I got some confidence, and there were a few of us, I think, who drank in Rebellion. And then in 2004, we were purchased by Dolan Media and and uh they didn't get everything right but the drinking stuff they certainly did they did so so i invited scott on the show anything you before we get into the topic which is the rock and roll hall of fame who's in who's out who should be in and who should be out this this scott is, is a music aficionado he's always telling me about these bands that i've never heard of that i presume are awesome at some point i'll get around to listening to all of them you love live music that's true, Dave. How many how many times during the course of a given year will you see a live show? I don't know, maybe forty or so. That's a okay. So that's a lot. So yeah, yeah there's certainly a few a month. And you like it, everything, you know the the big headliners like you know Springsteen and the Stones, but also the little obscure bands, local bands, everything in between. That's right. Uh-huh. For example, the
1: gamut is coming up. We're gonna go see uh, the Black Keys at TD. Oh, the TD Garden. TD Garden, whatever that's it may be, as big be. as it gets. Yeah. And then um, next Sunday night, we're going to the little tiny Brighton Music Hall to see Lee Fields and the Expressions.
0: And what sort of music is that? Soul music, Dave. Soul? Yeah. Okay. Um, visions of the Commitments. and the, those. Uh, did you like that movie?
1: I did. I love the Commitments.
0: Yeah, it's, it's outstanding. It, the, that movie disappeared for a while on streaming services, and now it's back. And if you haven't seen the Commitments, if you're a music fan of any kind, you will dig it. The, the, the actual, <clears throat> pardon me, the actor's... And actresses in the band actually I played and sang the stuff that you hear, yep. which is a little unusual for a movie about a band. But they were all excellent; they're all great yep. actors, funny and heartwarming, and
1: all that. The, the guitar player in that band mm-hmm. went on many, like twenty years later, did another big
0: music movie called Once. I did not know that. Yep. And what was sort of the the gist of that movie?
1: Uh, it was a movie about a guy, like a busker in Ireland, who uh, went on to. Joined forces with a young lady who wrote music, and they uh, had some measure of success. It was kind of like a romance slash music movie.
0: There is a music. It was
1: a big hit, though. They even made a they made a Broadway show out of it too. What did they really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I gotta check. Dave, it out. I'm only going to tell the truth here.
0: <laughs> Not one thing I say is going to be a lie or false. Uh, well, we'll do a fact check later, perhaps. Actually, we don't have time for that on the Boston Podcast Network. By the way, before we get started, uh, let me uh, indulge in a little bit of. Self-promotion for my company, the Boston Podcast Network. How would you like your own podcast? We can produce one for you here at the Boston Podcast Network. Whether you're a lawyer, financial advisor, business owner, really any kind of professional, you should have your story heard through this exciting new medium. A good podcast is more powerful than traditional advertising, in my opinion. This is not to denigrate the power of traditional advertising, I say with Scott Ziegler here. But would you agree that it's a potentially... uh, powerful piece of the puzzle for those that want to market their wares. David, I think it has great potential. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Get on that potential right now. Go to pod617.com to start planning and Know that your podcast will help you deliver a message. It helps you build relationships. Clients and centers of influence will delight in being a guest on your show. It's what you do. You get a show. You invite your clients and other people you want to impress onto your show. They share your show. You're sharing their their appearance on your show for them. It's a lot of showing. It's a big show. It's pod617.com. Go to the website and get started in pod we trust. That's what's known as a live read, Scott. I hope you enjoyed it. Well done, thank you. Well, we'll get to the the topic at hand today, but before we do, do you, is there anything you would like to let us know? Things going on at Lawyers Weekly, events, uh, any new shtick you got going on over there?
1: Well, we uh, one bit of new shtick we have is helping, not unlike a podcast, although not a podcast. We are doing mm-hmm. some production of live events. All right, panel discussions. Mm-hmm. things like that. sometimes law firms or other legal related entities want to get a crowd in a room and talk about a subject, and we would help promote that and uh, work the registration and maybe even
0: uh, you know populate the panel for them and that sort of thing. So a lawyer wants a lawyer as an expert in employment, changes in employment law, hot topics in employment law, and they want to be the expert. So they'll come to you and say, I'll be on the panel and I'll pay you guys to set this whole thing up for me. Exactly right. Okay, We did an employment uh, law panel once. Ever changing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should do one in podcasting for lawyers and let's talk after the show. Right? The gears are turning. The gears are turning. Excellent. So... Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Oh, by the way, go to lawyersweekly com. I presume. mass Lawyers Week- Mass lawyersweekly dot MassLawyersWeekly.com to get started. You'll find info for... And if they click on advertising, they can find you. Right. That's correct. All right, do it. Do business with Scott Ziegler. He's a good man. You're going to have to trust me on this. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So we're going to start uh, just briefly. We're going to talk about who's in most recently. And then one publication's opinion of who should be in... And Scott Ziegler's magical list of secret bands that you've never heard of that maybe should be in, if you have some at yeah, the end I of the discussion. I have a couple in mind. Okay, good. But let's let's back up, though, sure. for one second.
1: Let's back And just up. say that when you're talking about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, there's really no right or wrong. Um, it's obviously a 100% opinion, loosely based on some success of these bands. Well actually this is a great discussion. We could have the whole podcast about yeah. this. Yeah, what what should the criteria be? Well, I think the criteria now is simply you have to have uh, recorded an album 25 years ago.
0: The, okay, longer. so this is the official like right. the okay, you're right. You have to record an album at least 25 years ago. All right. So Rolling Stones are in. Mm-hmm. It, this, it's not. It's obviously not like the Baseball Hall of Fame where you have to be done and re- exactly. <laughs> retired for five years, right? You can right. still be trucking along. So, but other than that, there that, are no official criteria that you criteria know That's the criteria I know of. Okay. I think that might be it. And after that, you get to, then you get to what should the criteria be? In other words, if you were a voter, what would weigh heavy on your mind? I'll ask you, Scott Siegler.
1: Well, I guess you... you Three things, maybe.
0: Mm. Commercial success. Mm-hmm. Uh, influence. First one, empirically definable. Second one, less definable.
1: Less definable, but yep. somewhat definable. Yeah. Uh, did I say three things? Yeah. <laughs> i got to come up with another one. Thursday. I'm going to just stick with two then, because really that's what it comes down to. People that have sold a ton of records and, and tickets... Or people that have uh, somehow changed the industry based on what they've done, and there's a couple mm-hmm. of extremes. Here's my two extremes: the Sex Pistols made one album, and they were probably together for a year or two, mm-hmm. but they're in, and they're in. They, they, they clearly influenced an entire generation. Pioneers of punk rock, exactly. Right, and then you got ABBA, who probably influenced nobody, but sold <laughs> billions of dollars worth of records. How and, dare you? And yeah. um, and concert tickets and all that. So you just can't uh, deny the kind of success they had.
0: Well, right. And the yeah, I mean I guess ABBA was the new kids on the block or Justin Bieber of their time in, in the way you're describing them anyway. I happen to like ABBA mm-hmm. and and, and, and it, it is you know, bubblegum pop or whatever you want to call it, but they do have cultural significance. They do warm people's hearts. People people yeah. will get, have reminisce when they hear about an ABBA, obviously inspired a, a successful Broadway show and Two movies that one of which was good, the other one was just. Mm. Um, so, all right. And what's the other extreme? Oh, you said it. Yeah. ABBA and Sex vessels Okay. Uh, so this year's uh, uh, crowd that that got inducted, The Cure, and we'll, we'll we won't spend a ton of time on this, but. I don't like The Cure but I don't like like, just viscerally I don't have a problem with this choice you? No I don't either they're undeniably
1: popular they've got incredibly loyal fans and they might be somewhat influential yeah I think that's right I think that's right Def Leppard your thoughts? I would put them in I mean of their generation they're probably one of the most popular and successful bands and they uh, you know have good music
0: yeah when why wouldn't you when they were at the peak of their success I remember I was in college and the I believe the album was called Animal. It, it had all, a lot of hits that you rec- would recognize the, the song Animal, the song Women, the song Armageddon it and Pour Some Sugar On Me and people were saying this might be the best heavy metal album of all time which at the time was not necessarily a huge compliment. It was like saying you know, it's the best thing on the menu at McDonald's. Like, like I mean, um, at, at the time, their contemporaries were like, you know, Poison and Motley Crue and a bunch of bands who industry insiders would call spinal tapish. You know, they were parodies of themselves, right? right. They, they wore makeup. They, they called everybody dude. You know, they, they, they were big not- Big hair. Big hair. They were not necessarily music aficionados. Um, the, all I need to tell you about Def Leppard was I saw them. Have you seen them live? I've, I've never seen them live so i saw them at the they played at fenway right no well maybe uh yeah they did last year but i saw them on a previous tour at the uh xfinity comcast great woods uh, picnic area whatever the hell it's called these days and they were outstanding can i tell you and and um you know joe elliott's put on a few pounds but the the production value of the show was outstanding pyrotechnics the lights but also just a lot of songs that that you recalled um really enjoying at the time and rick allen the drummer is a a force of nature you know one arm one arm if you don't know that very early in his career he lost his arm in a motorcycle accident and uh did not uh you'll pardon (laughs) i can't resist he has not missed a beat thank you (laughs) thank you where the the hell is my rim shot um uh, Scott just vamp for a minute while I find the uh, rim show Oh, never mind, I found it. You know, we, we can do it louder than that. Boom! And Rick Allen has not missed a beat. Thank you. <laughs> Try the veal. All right, let's move on. We, we, we this is this is going to be a four-hour podcast. Janet Jackson is kind of a controversial pick. Your I would thoughts? Say,
1: well, uh, you know, we'll
0: get to it later. She's on my list of not belong. Ooh. All right, well, so, so put a pin in that. I might agree with you. Stevie Nicks, who is inducted as a, a solo artist. Now, do you know as Fleetwood Mac already I imagine they are. Yeah, they are. Okay. Stevie Nicks is the only woman in
1: rock and roll history to be inducted twice. There are many men. Wow. Did not know that. Worthy? Or is she on your list also? Well, I think she's a huge talent. Yeah. I think she has had some success and big success on her own outside of Fleetwood Mac. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know that on her own has she had more than other people. She to me would kind of be a fence person, but I'm not going to argue with it because she's a huge talent, yeah. very successful.
0: Yeah. I mean, you could say. I mean, it, I mean, if she didn't have Fleetwood Mac at all, we might look at this differently. She's already in uh, as a member of Fleetwood Mac. You might say eh, enough, but she has her legacy has endured like a uh, hell of a lot more than like you know Christine McVeigh. Christy McVie, yeah, Christy McVie, who had a couple solo hits herself. Stevie Nicks had definitely a lot of solo hits, and ha- somehow does have this sort of weird cultural aura about her. Uh, I know people that sort of worship her. I mean, not truly worship her, but sort of worship her as as a, a female icon. She was, and then she pops up in pop culture in interesting spots in the movie School of Rock. Joan Cusack does a kind of nice <laughs> homage to That's Stevie right. Nicks, <laughs> and. What was the other one I just... Oh, she appeared in a episode of American Horror Story as a witch. And it was like early in the, the... There was one of the seasons they were talking about witches. And someone compared Stevie Nicks to a witch. And sure enough, Stevie Nicks appears as a witch. And anyway, you get That's the point. Funny. Radiohead is also in.
1: Right. I know nothing about Radiohead. I couldn't... I don't think
0: I can name even one song. But I know that people love them. You probably know the song Creep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, And I'm with you. I don't get them. Um, I'm sort of like, go ahead, you can have it Radiohead fans. My brother, my brother's Matt and Adam Yaz would kill me for not and saluting their talents. It's one of these things, I guess, if you're interim, you're interim. They sell a lot of tickets.
1: I right. Mean, they're, they're very
0: popular. Yeah, it's hard to deny their 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 loyal following. Roxy Music. Now, that's Brian Ferry's band, right? That's correct. I, I Kind of, maybe, sort of before my time, not my time, not my yeah. thing. Do you like Roxy I liked music? them when they were growing up. They have yeah. a great,
1: great album called Avalon. And and yep. maybe for a Roxy Music purist, that might even be one, like the sellout album for them. But mm. I thought it was great. But I think that they were also semi-influential back in the day. Mm-hmm. They were all about style,
0: and Brian Ferry's a really cool guy and all that. You call that prog rock, as yeah, they say, prog, progressive prog, rock? Yep. And finally, The Zombies, which talk about before my time. Hmm. Now, they did have one big hit that I feel like I should know. Uh, uh, she's Not There. Oh, yeah, there you go. Sad song. People think that it was Santana. She's not there. It's, so, yeah, you call them, they, they were known as White Santana, right? What? No. no. <laughs> well, they were white. Yeah, <laughs> they were. They just they, pulled these guys. They do kind of look like zombies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've been around since
1: the 60s, so they've obviously been eligible for a long, long time. My guess is that uh, someone on the board... Or whatever. It's like the the veterans
0: committee, like when Jim Rice got in after all those years. Yeah, I think that's right. Throw the zombies a bone. Throw the zombies a uh, an appendage. Throw them a limb that they can chomp on. Uh, That was a zombie joke. Everybody, thank you. Well done. Thank you. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Thanks. (laughs) All right. So now we get to the more interesting part. It's like maybe who should be who should be next? Who has been snubbed? Perhaps newly eligible? We're looking forward to twenty twenty. Talk about progressive rock. This is a a progressive rock commentary, Scott Ziegler. That's right. And according to the website, which I have long followed or just Googled three minutes ago, you be the judge, (laughs) ultimateclassicrock.com. And uh, at the very least, this is a comprehensive article about 14 acts who should be nominated for next year. First one on the list, Judas Priest. Your thoughts, Scott Ziegler?
1: well I, I I expect as we go through this list that most of these people are worthy candidates
0: well so, they're they're yeah they at least pass the sniff test yeah. they're not just like you know um you know backup catcher you know uh Bob Montgomery being on the he wouldn't make the ballot you No, know? that's right these people I assume will sort of make the ballot I don't know the Bob process, Montgomery but.
1: is eligible <laughs> He retired still eligible. more than
0: five years ago <laughs> Uh, yeah. And recorded um, uh, an album of Christmas hits in 1968, <laughs> so also eligible for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame album. That's not true, by the way. Don't go looking for it. You'll be sadly disappointed. I, I mean, I, I don't know that much about Judas Priest. I know the hits. Yeah. Uh, I, they, they feel Hall of Famey to me, yeah. you know, among uh, hard rock fans. What do you think?
1: No, 100% correct. I yeah. mean, uh, I'm not a big heavy metal guy. Yep. But I can appreciate uh, how popular these guys were. You
0: know, they were one of these MTV early uh, acts that seemed to be on all the yep. time. Yep. All right. So we're we're both giving Judas Priest a, a thumbs up. Go for it. Now here's a guy who I'm surprised isn't in yet. I bet you are too, maybe. Yeah. He, this guy's been eligible since nineteen ninety four, Warren Zevon. Exactly. He would be on my list of people that I think. That I, he's
1: in my rock and roll hall of fame. If Your, I had one, I Z- might, I might build one. Actually, <laughs> I've got a little extra room in my little condominium. I, w- <laughs> I might put some plaques up on the wall,
0: and Zvon would be right up there. If you build it, they will come, and I'll be the first one in line, Scott. But yeah,
1: you know, in terms of,
0: well, I got it. You success, know, success. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be an investor in the Ziegler <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So that's presuming the budget consists of bobblehead likenesses of each of the people that you like. I'm thinking they're around about you know 13 bucks each. Perfect. I'll, I'll help you. you. You pick about 20. And, that's a great uh, idea.
1: Done. Yeah, why not? I love that. Yeah.
0: Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah I'm sorry. You were saying. About I was saying Z-Von. that Zevon,
1: as much as I love him, would he really be appropriate for the actual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? I don't know because uh, he wasn't really that commercially successful. He did have a couple of really big hits. Um. I would add, but he'd be borderline if you want to use yeah. the success criteria.
0: Right, the commercial success. Yeah. He's he's more of a culty kind of guy. I think I mean a checkmark in your favor has to be if you have an iconic song that is immediately recognizable or maybe even representative of some larger belief or movement. Right. And Werewolves of London is not representative of a larger belief or movement, but Werewolves of London is is uh, I don't know how you can get any more iconic right. rock song than that, right? And lawyers and guns lawyers' and money. guns and money. Yeah. yeah, he's got two. There you go. All right, you going? Marginal thumbs up for Zevon. Oh, you like Zevon, yeah. so you're. I vote oh, for go. him. Uh, next on the list, Motorhead. Yeah, you a little bit of a trend here, or, or I don't know if they've classified this list in terms of music type, but uh, the the we'll, we'll see. We will. Yes, <laughs> I guess the question looms: Does the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame not love, are they not in love with heavy metal per se? Because now, you know, uh, we see Motorhead, we see Juice Priest. I mean, they let Def Leppard in, obviously. And I know there's another one coming that is kind of it could be that,
1: hard uh, rockish. I don't know when they all started. They should be, a lot of them should be eligible, right? Well, Guns N' Roses is in. Yeah. I th- assume Motley Crue is in. But is maybe bon Jovi Is Bon Jovi? In?
0: Bon, Jovi's bon Jovi's in. Bon Jovi's in. All right. So, are they hard rock? Eh, maybe. Uh, somewhere between hard rock and, and glam, glamish. Uh, Motorhead, I don't really know Motorhead. I'll be honest, I don't know Motorhead. I know Hard Rock fans worship them. Yeah. Right? They should be in. Okay. Motorhead, you're okay. Yeah. Jethro Tull. And this is the one, yeah, this is the one I think a lot of people would say is a huge uh, snub to date. Jethro Tull, who's been eligible since 93. If for no other reason. Yep. They, The
1: flute is their uh, yes. number
0: one instrument. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so that Memorable, memorable call out. Thank you, Will Ferrell and uh, Anchorman, who uh, shouted Aqualung after doing a... Uh, <laughs> can you think of any other rock and roll bands that feature a flute? No, and that that's what I was going to say, too. I can. <laughs> okay. Is it ABBA? No. No, what is it? Moody Blues had a artist. Oh, loudest. okay. Okay. It was, <laughs> I guess that was a very brief thing in the 70s. Jethro Tull feels Hall of fame to me. mm mm-hmm. uh, if for no other reason than this is this will be another sort of check mark as we continue to make up criteria as we go along is their sound um uh unmistakable and i think when you hear yeah. a jethro even if it's not one of their hits if you hear that flute and those vocals of the the scary lead singer i don't know their name sorry jethro Tell. ian anderson is ian anderson. the lead singer and he's still tours He's still out there, okay. believe it or not.
1: All right, we're gonna what, see. What, let's back up. One notable oh, thing sure. about Jethro Tull mm-hmm. is uh, they did win a Grammy once. That's true. In the category, controversial of heavy metal. Heavy metal, which
0: which people, and it blew the minds. <laughs> yes, of everybody in the heavy metal. I'm glad genre. you brought that up. Yeah, people thought it was a joke because it was like heavy metal finally got recognized with a category at the Grammys. Yep. And they picked Jethro <laughs> Tull, who was was it's a stretch to call them heavy metal cuz there's nothing like there's nothing spinal tap metal. there's nothing spinal tapish about no? them well i mean eh, they look heavy metal well i don't know what they look like a lot of facial hair i was scared by jethro tull as a young man and and the, that flute just kind of gave me the creeps they got one song that i love called aqualung well i've heard of aqualung yeah it is such a good song of course yeah and that's an, so they get the check mark in the iconic song too i think mm-hmm. uh, aqualung qualifies pod 617 studios in westwood massachusetts it's are you not entertained the
1: was i and the am i entertained can i start that again sorry (laughs) am i entertained i did it again (laughs) dumbass are you entertained (laughs) ah all right sorry sorry it's ed nathanson i'm here to give you the podcast that i've always wanted to do that's talking about movies that's talking about music sports pop culture that's talking to some of the best people in employer branding around the world are you not entertained kind of start that again
0: I, I keep we keep talking about this must be this must be organized by musical type because we're looking at two more heavy metal the first one being iron maiden eligible since 2004 mm-hmm. and uh, listen iron maidens again i don't know that much about them i know one or two of their big hits that's, um, that's one or two more than i could name okay um now is iron maiden the one with the uh, um, i screwed this up on a previous podcast, I'm going to screw it up again. One of them had you see the Iron Maiden or Judas Priest who has a lead singer who came out as gay and it was, um, hmm. you know what, I'm going to put a pin I in there. I think that. that's Judas Priest. I, okay. If I had to guess. The beast from Judas Priest. Rob Halford, is that his name? I am going think to go. So. I got to go back to the top of the list because we already mentioned them. Yeah, I believe that's him. Uh, let's see. <laughs> no, nah, I don't know. It doesn't say, but I'm pretty sure that's the Judas Priest yeah. guy. I think the lead singer of Iron Maiden is um, Bruce Dickinson. Who is uh, who is not gay, as far as we know. But you know, we support your decision either way, Bruce. Let's move on. Pantera eligible since two thousand eight. This is like the. Can I, can I tell you something? Yeah, I've never even heard. You of never heard of Pantera? Either. No. The only reason you hear of them is if you were a thrash metal fan. Uh, they are. They fall like uh, above the category of heavy metal. It's. Um, it's speed metal i guess it's probably influenced by metallica let's read the little squib here from our friends at ultimate classic rock they were undeniably the biggest and most influential heavy metal band to come along since metallica it's a damn shame that the lead singer vinnie paul who already endorsed one of the most unthinkable what does this say losses losses imaginable and now won't be there oh he must have died he did die. That's right. Okay, sorry. He'll be missed. Rest in peace. Anyway, Pantera. Yeah, Pantera is way out there. Like, but they have they're they have a Metallica-ish audience. So I'm gonna say no, Pantera. Sorry, it's well, too French. The, the thing
1: is, though, influence goes a long way. And if if this is true, and they influenced others that came after them, um, yeah, they might deserve some kind of credit. You can you can make a case against some of these old soul and blues guys that are in the Hall of Fame too, and jazz guys because uh, they really rock and roll, no, but what they did certainly influenced uh, the Rolling Stones and yeah. all these other bands that are in, so.
0: I'm okay with the loose definition of rock and roll if they're huge and influential. Yep. And maybe we get it. We have to give Pantera an incomplete since you and I have never listened they to their count. songs. <laughs> Sorry, Pantera. All right, this band I know somewhat well, Soundgarden. Yep, They've been eligible since 2011. And you, what do you know about Soundgarden? Well, if I'm
1: right, Dave. Yeah. And I'm always right. Mm-hmm. They came out of Seattle, right? The grunge music
0: uh, movement. No, they like, were definitely grungy. Uh like um uh, yeah. those other groups. Nirvana. Nirvana. Nirvana, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Pearl Jam. And Pearl Jam. So, uh right. To,
1: they're probably on the same level as those guys, although maybe a slight step behind them in uh in uh, popularity. But Nirvana yeah. by the way, you know, they're like uh the sex pistols they were a little lot together longer but they really had a very very short career
0: yeah exactly and i thought you could have just as easily easily used nirvana as a example as you did the sex pistols mm-hmm. i don't think anyone would quibble with them being in the hall of fame no. right but because they changed the game right but um but yeah and and soundgarden doesn't quite fall into that category but they have a place in my heart because when I was a DJ in college for a brief period, there was a song that uh, the, the station managers told us that we absolutely had to play, and it was a Soundgarden song. No one had ever heard of Soundgarden. The song was called Big Dumb Sex. It sounded a little like this. Grungy. Yep. So, not exactly poetry but fuck, 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 fuck so we could play that on college radio but they couldn't play it. so that was uh but then you listen to more of this stuff and and they've had they've had hits they've mm-hmm. had they went a little bit more mainstream after that i say soundgarden yes you okay yeah. with them yep okay can you spend uh five more minutes ten more minutes for oh, yeah. this guy sure, five, ten more minutes? okay good because um As I said, this is important. This is, this is, this is science people. Actually it's anything but science, but it's, it's musical history. We're creating musical fusion in the form of commentary. Okay. So now for a complete left turn, the next entry on the list is none other than the go-go's eligible since 2006. I'll let you go first on the go-go's.
1: Well, I mean, uh, you know, their music was good. Certainly. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it was rock and roll hall of fame worthy, Mm-hmm. But they're on the list because they were a 100% female band that wrote all their songs and played all their instruments. And uh, I guess if diversity is a thing in the rock hall, and they did probably influence a lot of other girl bands. A lot came after them the Bengals and Slater Kenny.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, well, <laughs> who we were just talking, we were about, talking about that. And very very others. Strange so, entry on a list, yeah.
1: You know, I think they're a legitimate uh, candidate
0: see I, I'm, I would be very pro go-gos simply because they were well you said some of it I think cultural significance for sure not only because they were all females but because their their style of music kind of epitomized the 80s it was it was sort of candy-ish music it was but it was so fun and uh, let's see we got a little we got the beat here Oh, it looks like a live version we got the beat and Belinda Carlisle is just so fetching and fun and the, the sight of like not only the lead singer of a rock band being female but the drummer and the two guitarists on either side sort of like really rocking out and they all got this big hair and they're kind of um you know sexy 80s chicks i say you're in gogos all right all right let's move on all right quiet gogos Next on the list is the Nine Inch Nails. Only eligible since 2014. They haven't been around quite as long as I might have guessed. Uh, but it's obviously still been around, what did you say, 25 years? Yep. 25 years. Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, pro, con. The guy is, uh, you know, I think respected in the industry. People love him. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not? Okay. <laughs> what, what do I know, Dave? By the way, you know what we forgot to mention? The the Soundgarten... Uh, one of the reasons they'll become a sentimental pick in the next go-round is because of Chris Cornell passed away, of course. And, um, you know, that happens. I
1: I saw him once
0: in concert and I'm not a
1: giant Soundgarden fan. I didn't even know anything about him to be honest with you, but it was a fantastic show. It was was one of those shows where your expectations are low or uncertain Mm. and you walk out saying, holy cow, that guy is great.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He really was.: I had a similar experience at a music festival seeing the lead singer of the band Cinderella, who my friends will kill me. His name is escaping me right now. I'll, I'll get to it later, but whoever he is, he, uh, you'd think he would be, you know, Cinderella, kind of spinal tapish. He was fantastic, and he did th- what the hell is his name? Oh good. Oh wait, OK. Alexa, who's the lead singer of Cinderella? Come on, girl.: Cinderella's lead singer is Tom. Clark. Tom Kiefer <laughs> Thank you Alexa She comes through You probably couldn't hear her folks But I, get, I gotta get a microphone on Alexa But she's good for something Tom Kiefer Fantastic And closed the show With a version of, With a version of The uh, Joe Cocker version Of Little Help From My Friends And was outstanding Okay let's move on We both said Yeah well, Nine Inch Nails I don't care I, I'm sorry I'm not a Nine Inch Nails guy But I get it Next one on the list I've never heard of And I'm uh, I'm befuddled The name of the band is Big Star And let's read the squib here. The only band with less commercial success and more influence on future generations of musicians than Big Star is the Velvet Underground. Hmm. Lou Reed and Company got in 20 years ago. It's time for Alex Chilton, Chris Bell, Andy Hummel, and of course, Jody Stevens to join them. And uh, according to this, Jody Stevens is the only one who's still alive. Hmm. Big Star. You ever heard of him? I have not Yeah. Uh, well obviously um, they, no. they, yeah they must be if they're velvet if the if the analogy is to the velvet underground they're uh, you know punky and weird and counterculture and but from these reporters big star we can't we can't help you.
1: I'll have to trust. in the rock and roll Hall of Fame I trust if they get in <laughs> there must yeah. be a reason.
0: Now this done by we should we should preface this by saying this this list we're reading is this reporter from right, Ultimate right. Class and he this is his proposal for bands that right. should be in that's so right. so uh, they're you know uh, but you know every man has his own opinion the the replacements is the next band on the list go
1: ahead yeah the replacements I think are terrific in fact they yeah. had a big song one of their big songs was called Alex Chilton mm-hmm. obviously a tribute to the guy from Big Star whoa check out
0: the rock and roll brain on Scott excellent how about that um. Yeah, yeah, I like them a lot. I they think. they feel Hall of Fame to yep. me. The replacements, okay, replacements you're okay. in as far as we're yep. concerned. King Crimson, the next one on the list, eludes uh, me. They're like a prog rock band from yeah. the early '70s, maybe. Um, yeah.
1: What's, what's twenty five years before ninety four? Sixty nine or something.
0: Alexa, what's <laughs> ninety four <laughs> minus twenty five? Come on, Alexa. 94 mu- she just cut out. Oh wait, here it is. There we go. Six, See, I was 69, right. Sixty-nine, dude. Yeah.
1: Like I remember seeing King Crimson record albums in the bins back when I used to go to the record stores. But, and I know yeah, Robert Fripp is that. involved. But that's all I know. Okay.
0: We pass. We pass. The Pixies makes this list eligible since twenty twelve. If you had asked me, I would have said Pixies. Yeah, I'm not a Pixies guy, but I kind of know of their vibe and all that mm-hmm. you scott they seem like a marginal choice okay people
1: love them they had some hits i don't know i don't think i'd vote for them but
0: here's the case that this reporter made if kurt cobain were still here he would probably never stop yelling about this as he told rolling stone in 1994 when writing smells like teen spirit i was basically trying to rip off the pixies that, eh, It's interesting but eh, not enough for the hall of fame though pixies you're on your own uh, the Smiths makes the li- And this is the last entry on the list. Thank goodness. You- <laughs> that list is long, Dave. You're- oh, uh, mackerel. Scott, I-, I hold in my hand the final envelope. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Smiths, I'm not for or against them, but they're another one that they feel Hall of fame to me. You? Yeah,
1: I think I'd put them slightly ahead of the Pixies. But right. they're kind of in that category, too. They're on the fence.
0: Yeah. I think in the 80s, like I, I went to private school, and you were either sort of shallow kid of, of television and, and comedy like me, and you liked bands like the Go Go's, or you were completely the other way, and you were what this generation would call sort of goth, or I don't know. Like, think of Ali Sheedy in The Breakfast Club, you know, just kind of like uh, almost a little burnout ish. And And you wouldn't go near the Go-Go's because that would be too mainstream. And you hated everything that was popular, and you listened to the The Smiths Smiths and the Pixies and maybe the Cult or, uh, anyway, or the Cure, you know, those kinds. So, um, all right, that's the end of that list. Do you you have honorable mentions? Do you have other Ziegler gems that are waiting in the wings?
1: Well, I didn't see Todd Rundgren on this list.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And I think that he should be in, uh, you know, he's been a great performer and producer, Right, and I think he hits all the criteria: success, influence, um, critical acclaim, all that stuff.
0: Yeah. Um, did you have occasion to meet Mr. Rungren recently, Mr.
1: Ziegler? Yeah, he was in town playing at the Berkeley Performance Center, but he came to the Barnes and Noble to sign his autobiography. <laughs> there's a
0: place. And there's you know there's uh, you must have had a dream you know in your past in your childhood that someday you would meet Todd Rungren at a at a Barnes & Noble Is he hawking a book? Yeah he Oh, is. did you say that? I'm sorry What? Yeah. What's it called?
1: He, uh, It's called The Individualist Okay Which is w- the name of one of his albums too, I believe Alright So I went down with my sister My sister is a huge fan too
0: Mm-hmm. And we were waiting in line I
1: <laughs> so we just need to put you in the mood here yeah. There we go One of his most commercially successful songs
0: Well that's, songs. I mean, honest to God If we're going to talk at least one iconic song He makes the list Yep Yep but Go he's ahead. got a few He's got a yep. few Yep Alright so pro running So uh,
1: my sister and I decided We weren't going to have him Sign the book to Scott Or to Terry Right We were just going to have him Write just one victory Todd Because that's another one Of his iconic great songs And you could tell By my blank stare I didn't know that But uh, that's cool You would probably recognize it But Okay so, my sister went before me. Right. She gets the book signed. I come up to Todd. He says, uh, what do you want me to sign it? No, actually, we had to re- we had to pre-write on a sticky note what we wanted him to write. Oh, okay. So, I had it written. He says, mm-hmm. hey, that, that woman just asked me to do the same thing. <laughs> I said, yeah, that's my younger sister. She she copies everything that I do, Todd. <laughs>
0: uh, and did he still sign it that way? He did. Yes. It reminds me of the time, the one time I met Steven Tyler. I was trying to think of something I could say to him that... Every idiot standing in line before me Hadn't said And by the time I got up to The thing that came out of my mouth was Steven man, you're the balls <laughs> And he said, thank you man And he signed my uh, press, my backstage pass thing or whatever And I was on my way and I, and I was kind of hoping he would say All my years in rock and roll No one's ever told me I'm the balls Thanks Dave
1: You know Dave, that would be a great podcast topic What's Things th- you said to celebrities Just me, right? You or anybody? I mean, you oh. know, you, 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 <laughs> no. you probably met a lot of celebrities and, and could probably talk about it all day. That's but.
0: a good idea. My like my famous story. Brush with—you call it brush with fame. That's yeah. a podcast right there. That's that a podcast.
1: Is, it's a huge challenge to come up with something oh, clever is. to
0: say. What what is your what is your best one? Because you're good at this. You think you think of this and well, I, I thought the Just One Victory was pretty good. That was pretty good, but you need to be a Runger fan to uh-huh. really get that. You you. You want This isn't really famous person so much, but we once saluted a lawyer at, at Lawyers Weekly named Paul Dace here, who's super big shot, corporate law, and we did an interview with him, and he said something to the effect that I expect people that work for me to have their heads in the game 24 hours a day, or, or not quite working 24 hours a day, but have committed 24 hours a day. And I remember you went up to him and said, Hi, Mr. Dacier, congratulations. I could never work for you because I'm only good for 23 hours a day. (laughs) And I I thought that was a great line. And I think you made him laugh. Although the the dude does not have the most rich sense of humor. But, hey, we love you, Paul Dacier, whatever you're doing these days. Um, I met my my worst was probably that one, the Steve Tyler. My best was uh, Tom Cruise. So I did meet Tom Cruise at the – it was uh, a memorial – it was actually uh, unusually a memorial – Not a service, but a memorial celebration. Uh, The lawyer, the legendary lawyer, Earl Cooley, passed away. And I was friends with lawyers at that firm. They held the celebration at this courthouse. Um, He had represented, Cooley had the Church of Scientology. And so, of course, uh, Tom Cruise, biggest uh, Scientologist in the land, showed up. And I went up to Tom Cruise and I said, hey, Tom, uh, I'm a huge fan Here's the thing. I've seen Risky Business hundreds and hundreds of times, and I can't stop. What should I do? And he got that Tom Cruise smile on his face. and He went, "Just keep going, man. Just keep going." <laughs> and then I said, "I said, well, you know, I love that movie, Risky Business. I know. I noticed you haven't done anything since. you can ever gonna do something to follow it up? And and to his credit, totally got the joke, just laughed and said, "Yeah, kind of hung it up after that one, didn't I? You know, um, that's so pretty good. I'm sure Played he is, along. I'm sure he is." Uh, certifiably insane but he was nice that day Uh, you have anybody else on your list before we wrap up okay yeah sure how about uh, I would put Jay
1: Giles in oh my god
0: they're my favorite. I can't believe we haven't brought them up. I can't I believe know. they're not
1: in. They had the commercial they success. They played they yes. were one of the best live shows in the history of rock and roll. Yeah, I love them.
0: I, I thought they on. were I thought they were technically great. They were an interesting fusion between rhythm and blues and rock and roll. Uh where else are you going to get a harmonica solo like uh that orchestrated by Magic Dick? Mm-hmm. And you want an iconic song? It's not my favorite song, but Centerfold is an iconic song when you hear the opening to that song. That's right. I'll take uh, uh, i'll take house party nothing but a house party all day long they were amazing live i take it you've seen them live in your life oh yeah yeah yes I, I saw them uh at least once jay giles rock and roll hall of fame are you listening jeez I, that's yeah and then one you brought up
1: earlier yep. which is a good one the doobie brothers
0: the doobies yeah why, why aren't the doobies in
1: come on i'm
0: with that's you that's crazy unmistakable sound great uh they rocked out huge they, hits yeah. huge and they ranged from the sort of slightly grittier rock and roll, like China Grove, to the just really lovable pop song, like "What a Fool Believes." Mm-hmm. Um, so, and actually, the, uh, one era with Michael McDonald and one without. That's yeah, right. they're both they're both good though. And they're still going. They're still touring. Yeah. What the hell? Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Are you listening? Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. You
1: got one more. I got one more. I want to jump to my list of people that shouldn't be in. Oh, let's do that. All Go. right. And I know this is, you know, some people might not be happy with my choice, but Ringo stars in. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> as much as I'm a Beatles fan, and I'm a huge Beatles fan, and I'm a Ringo fan, hmm. but did he really do anything on his own as a solo artist that would be ahead of any of the people we talked about here? And I would say yeah. probably not. He one big hit album, a couple it's- of other marginal songs, and that's it.
0: It's not apples to apples, but it's almost like he's the Scottie Pippen of the Hall of Fame. Like, well, we're going to put you in with the championship Bulls, but how much would you really have done without Michael, really? Mm-hmm. Uh, he did that song, It Don't Come Easy. Great song. Yeah. yeah but not enough to... Well, it was
1: not like a number one hit or anything, though. Yeah. It was a nice song.
0: It's almost like the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has decided... And are all the Beatles in for their solo? So, they all are. Right. Well, they didn't want to leave poor Ringo out. That's why they did it, right. I guess. He, even George, <laughs> for his solo work... Is a marginal
1: candidate, but you Think know the, he did one thing that changed the course, really, of uh, of mean you know popular culture and, and and maybe not popular culture, but he did the first benefit concert of on a large scale. Bangladesh,
0: Bangladesh, that's right. And look what's happened after that. I mean, I would say the Traveling Wilburys put him over the top. <laughs> no, I would. That was his thing, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the Traveling Wilburys. All two albums of two albums, whatever. Um, who else should not be in? Uh, well, we Is talked a little
1: bit about yep. Janet Jackson because she oh, right. was on the
0: list of people that
1: did get in. So I'm going to put Janet Jackson and Madonna in my maybe-shouldn't-be-in list. They oh, really To me, they're dancers yeah. that um, are marginal at best singers. But on the other hand, who am I to say they were wildly obviously successful commercially and... Um, they probably influenced a lot of other performers too i guess it's just me that's just a personal thing
0: well you should call her miss jackson because she's made you nasty you're in a nasty mood (laughs) that she's in the hall of fame and you know what i thought about janet for a while when i heard she was in at first i thought oh that's cool and then i thought yeah like a couple good albums a couple good dance songs madonna I, i i need to uh respectfully object to your uh placing her on that list but she, I think she's done just so much for music over time. Mm-hmm. She's not. I, I, think about Madonna. I don't want to hang out with her. I don't. She doesn't strike me as a nice person. She strikes me as very narcissistic. But the body work, I think, speaks for itself. And her body, in that uh, book she did of her naked everywhere, I appreciated that. There we go for the art, you yep. know, and for the articles in there, if there were any. Um, should we wrap up, Scott Ziegler? I think it's time to. I wrap. think it's time to wrap up. Um, well, this has been more than a little bit of fun, my friend, and um, if you want to get in touch with Scott Ziegler over at Lawyers Weekly, it's masslawyersweekly.com, and you should be doing business with Lawyers Weekly. They're awesome, whether you're a lawyer or someone who wants to reach lawyers or someone who's uh, the other fan of Todd Rundgren remaining in the United States. Not as did you have fun, Scott? I did. Thank you for
1: allowing me to uh, come onto the Boston podcast, the Boston but, area's greatest
0: podcast yes thank you very much by the way did you notice the i meant to ask you this that you're one of the few people that would know the show open uh there's a voice that says are you ready at showtime do you know what that comes from because it'll bring this podcast full circle i'll give you a hint it was a live was that steven tyler no but it was a band from boston and it was a live album that had some acclaim in the uh late 80s i want to say in the late 80s well Uh, would it help if I told you the song I Do was a big hit on that album that would be Peter Wolf and and the Jagged Isles band that's right they had an album called Showtime and that's where that comes from that's right um but I will never admit to that under oath because I don't violate copyrights. So I hope you enjoyed the Boston podcast. Thank you, Scott Ziegler. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a friend or a colleague. If you'd like your own podcast, come check us out, pod617.com. With Studios in Westwood with this super duper radio quality equipment. You could be podcasting your own, on your own, with your own, about your own, whatever you want to do. Pod617.com. Let's talk. And on behalf of Scott Ziegler, I'm David Yaz, I'm just a guy from Boston, but if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy.
1: It's great to be here.